podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome people to episode 440 of Film Bastards. I am one of your co-hosts, Matt Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Becky Foster, hello everyone. And... Ian Loring just shit myself there, thinking I didn't record the previous bit, but I did, we're good. Boom! Yeah, what do we have this week? What do we have this week? Well, we have... We finally have the movie... Morbius. It exists. It exists, we wow. think. <laughs> Unless it's all some big elaborate fucking Maybe they just put you in the movie theatre and then like pump loads of like hallucinogenic yeah, shit. Yeah, we we've all seen a different fucking movie. That's why there's wildly different opinions about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we've all just been literally just fucking hilfing in venom. Yeah. Um Yeah, and we're also gonna chat the Netflix Judd Apatow movie, The Bubble. Yay! Big up there. Uh, we're not going to chat, <laughs> chat Sonic because we didn't get a chance to watch it either. So. I mean, Ian can. Ian can chat Sonic, but why not? Um, well, I mean, like I'm away next like week, so <coughs> we could just do Sonic as a main review this week, unless you guys. Yeah, I, 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 had... I am very up for that because we still want to actually see Sonic, don't we? Yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just so we'll watch Sonic over the weekend. We'll talk about it next week. It's fine. Boom! Right. Uh, yeah. So, we're also going to have like the, the usual bits, what we've been watching, trailers, points of tangents, questions, our question for you, and bits like that. Uh, we are a Pod Syndicate podcast. If you want to go and listen to the Pod Syndicate podcast, then go and find them. They are Chinch Related's pun, uh, they're his film, her movie, Iron Sequel, and other bits like that. So, go out and listen to those, because they're, they're a good podcast too. <laughs> um, Ian, what's been happening in the oh, yeah. movie news this week? Uh, so, um, Ezra Miller's in a bit of hot water. Um, uh, it, a, a scoop came out uh, earlier this afternoon that Warner Brothers Top Brass had a meeting um, following his uh, uh, arrest for being drunk and disorderly, uh, where they've basically said that they're putting all his future projects on pause. Uh, all their future projects on pause, sorry. Uh uh, Ezra Miller identifies as non-binary, and it's uh, forgive me. Uh, I know that that can piss off some people, so uh, they um, uh, were arrested for being drunk and disorderly. Um, I saw a very very funny tweet where it was like, right, okay, so here's a sample from the next um, Flash film where Ezra Miller's Flash basically says, "Oh, I've got to um, go into the Speed Force to blah blah blah," and they go. And then they come back, and it's Mike Feist. And it's just like, <laughs> right, where were we? Um, <laughs> the thing is, wait, the thing is, I think it'd get a big cheer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, I mean, this is the thing, right? I feel very, very bad for like the LGBTQ. Uh, 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 um, oh god, a, a demographic. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but um, uh, they're people that one of like the the, the kind of like the biggest representations of uh, of those folks at the moment, like in pop culture, is fucking Ezra Miller. Um, 
they just seem like a dickhead. And I know we've said that before, but it just... I, I, their, their agent is fucking incredible to get them, like, the the position that they've got and all they're doing with it is spitting in people's eyes. Like, apparently, a temporary restraining order was uh, uh, taken out against them about um, uh, from a couple because... Uh, like he, uh, the, sorry, they said that. Um, I'm not doing that on purpose. I swear. They said that they were going to bury this guy, and um, was like following following the the couple home and things like that. And it's just with with that and the Will Smith thing. I mean, it just there's. That, that that kind of sense of entitlement is really, really starting to rub me up the wrong way. And it's like, if, if people are going to get fucking cancelled, let them be cancelled for being dickheads. Yeah. yeah. Not for, like, saying something inadvertently that offensive on social media that they, they, they didn't mean or they didn't really have a full kind of, like, rounded experience of what these people they were talking about were going into or something dickheads can be cancelled because they're dickheads the the thing is and ezra miller is a dickhead yes they are um but also as well they they don't have as big a career as people would think no no they they just start in weirdly big things but since 2016 so you're talking the past like six years. Um, they've only played two characters. The one what? that he's uh, in for Fantastic Beasts and The Flash. Hasn't been in anything else. Really? At all. Really? Yep. How the, the fuck news. does that happen? <laughs> yeah. Realistically, actually, really. Um, plus, we need to talk about Kevin. Um, has been in like three or four things. Mm. Yeah, the uh, 2016 Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice, Suicide Squad, and Fantastic Beasts. 2017 Justice League, 2018 Fantastic Beasts, 2021 Zack Snyder's Justice League, a movie that doesn't actually exist. Um, I'm not saying this, what is it? There's a film called Asking For It, which is a movie that's just never been released. Oh, okay. I don't think it's been finished. Yeah. Um, and then this year, Fantastic Beasts, and then next year, The Flash. Hmm. Wild. I mean, like I say, their, their agent is incredible, you know, and it kind of seems like, what are they doing in between their downtime? Being a dickhead. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, or fully, fully here for Mike Feist taking over well it, 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 it is it is now starting to come out isn't it that that, that that they were a nightmare on set oh really yeah yeah but they, 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 but they they've specified was never like violent or abusive to anybody mm. but was just really difficult to work with mm. like from a mental health point of view I hope they're okay but it just there seems to be a pattern of just being a dick. Yeah, occasionally, I, occasionally, I think you have to look at them and go, "Maybe they are just a dickhead." Mm. 
Speaking of hope, they're okay. Taron Egerton's had to pull out of. I know it's play, but he's a film star. So Taron Egerton's had to pull out of that play that he was in that he fainted on stage. Yeah. Hope he's okay. We do because we like Taron. We do. He seems like a good. Yeah, we he's do. A like good dude. He's got some juicy thighs. He does have some meaty thighs. Yeah. Uh, any other movie news? Been fairly. I think everything's kind of. Lots of Will Smith shit's getting. Lots of Will Smith. I, I did see one thing that what? wasn't Will Smith related, but was kind of Oscars related. Okay. That can, that made me kind Something of. Something happened at the Oscars that wasn't Will Smith pun- punching. Chris Some Hawk. films won awards apparently. Fuck me, no yeah. way. Apparently, yeah. wow. Um, so yeah, so Amy Schumer did a stand-up yeah. like a few days after. And during her stand-up, spoke about some of the jokes that the Academy wouldn't let her say. say. Mm. And one of them was some joke she was going to crack about um, something being... Um, something in a film um, being almost as dangerous as being um, behind Alec Baldwin's prop gun. And she's like, and they wouldn't let me say that. And it's like... No, I can absolutely see why they wouldn't let you say that. Yeah. Not only that, you should have kept that one to yourself. Yeah, someone literally died. Fuck off. Because somebody literally died that was that worked within your industry. Mm. I am glad your career is an absolute fucking toilet wreck. <laughs> yeah. It. I mean, I. It just. <laughs> All these kinds of things are just like, okay, these people have all been cooped up like we all have for a very, very long time. And it's like, as some of them, is it just like the mask is slipping and it's just like, I've got attention again. Ah, you know, is I, is it that? No, I, 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 uh, I think there's an element of, and I think there's, there's certain people that have just always been arseholes. Now I just think everyone else is just a little bit sick of covering for them. Mm. <laughs> I think people are now going, do you know what? Don't have time for this bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's on the Will Smith thing. I was just reading that now that he's resigned from the academy, they've moved up the meeting that they're going to have to discuss possible sanctions. Apparently, because now he's no longer a member of the academy, they don't have to give as much notice. So it's happening on um, uh, the eighth, so Friday. Um. And it'll be interesting because, like, he resigned from the academy, which basically means, oh no, he can't vote. Yeah. Um, so, but, you know, what... they're gonna they're gonna ban him from like attending the academy awards for a couple of years, aren't they? They're not going to they, take his Oscar. They should do. No. Yeah, and uh, that's that's the thing. They should do. There is no way he can come back and present best actress next year. There's just there is no way. Um, yeah, and it. It will be interesting though because Apple have got um, his next film that he did with Anton Fuqua, Emancipation, which that title alone is like shit. That would probably be a bit of an Oscar botherer. Like, what's going to happen with that now? Sony have pumped the brakes on uh, Bad Boys Four, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see where where this all ends up now I mean that Jaden Smith's like this is how uh, how we do it tweet aged like milk in the middle of a volcano <laughs> um, 
like spectacular fucking tweet. No, and like the the more you the more you you look at it, um, and it is interesting that fuck all people are coming out supporting Will Smith. I mean, to be fair, not a lot of people are coming out in support of Chris Rock either. But it's probably because he's keeping his fucking mouth shut. He's keeping his counsel, and he was on balance the wronged one. Yeah, I thought but, he, he's come yeah. out and kind of spoken about it, hasn't he? And said that for now. He's not going to speak about yeah, it. Yeah, he's come out and spoken about it to say he's not going to speak about it. Yeah, but like, he's not like completely not addressed it. But he has said, look, for now, I'm not going to talk about it. Mm. But I just want to crack I mean, on with this tour that I've got. But it's 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 mad that people are now coming out and going like, oh, I didn't agree with um, like him being allowed to stay, blah, blah, blah. And But it's just... Fuck me, man. He just like it, I know I talked about it last week, but him partying at that after party and posing for pictures and all this kind of stuff. You know, it's um. Yeah, Zoe Kravitz commented it, on that, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. Oh, what did she say? She posted a picture on her Instagram. Was I think it saying this is the dress I wore at the party, where apparently we let people who assault people just dance around and have fun. What's she saying? Zoe Isabella. Like it. Uh, here's a picture Dead. of my dress at the awards show where we are apparently assaulting people on stage now. Uh, and here's a picture of my dress at the party after the awards show where we are apparently assaulting people on stage now. She just put the same thing. Fuck yeah. me. I mean, that, that, they, they can't have him back next year. They're going to do everything they fucking can to... Like, to... They're going to go... The thing is, now it's a question of do they go to... Do they just go extremely in the other direction? And then are people going to push back against that going, well, that's too much? The problem is, if they if if they kick him out, right? If they, if they take his Oscar back off him, mm-hmm. people straight away will go, hang on a minute. Yes, what he did was wrong. But you literally gave Roman Polanski an Oscar, whilst technically he was a fugitive in the country where he received the Oscar, which is why they, which is like why they won't, yeah, because they they can't. They'll be fucking pilloried for that. Like he won it, and to be fair, now it's a, a forever reminder that he fucking won it, and then and that was the night. You know, like it, I, I think it's good that it's not airbrushing the history of, you know, well now we've just given it to Benedict Cumberbatch and he's the official one in the record books or whatever. You know, it's like no, Will Smith won Best Actor and did that. Yeah, that's it. If you were one of the other nominees, you'd be like, nah, I'm all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll try and win one. You know, normally. And it is annoying because he is good in King Richard. Like, that that's the thing. It's like, when he won the Oscar, it was like, yeah, do you, do you know what? Fair enough. Like, performance-wise. That, you know, it's not necessarily one that did feel like a career award. Um, it just, yeah, it, very, very disappointing. It'll be... I don't, I don't know. It's just... It's like, and again, with Miller, Ezra Miller, you know, it's just the sense of entitlement about the whole thing. It's like, I can go up there, I can slap him, I can say this shit, and I'll get away with it. And it it looked like he, it looked like he was. 
Mm. And I'm, 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 you know, I'm glad that that fucking side turned. It'll be interesting to see what comes out on Friday after this meeting. It, yeah, I, I reckon it'll be expulsion from the academy for for three years, mm. and we want we want our gift bag back. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they say he'll be ineligible for three, like for three years, or yeah. something like that. So, like this film that he's that Apple have already spent over a hundred million dollars for is fucked. I, I don't think that's really that kind of film. It's like an action thriller. <laughs> but it's like that they, they they were talking about giving it a campaign. I would I I, I would say that. Apple will now be giving their campaign to Killers of the Flower Moon instead. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's the... Yeah. I'm telling you, Killers of the Flower Moon versus the Killer next year. Yeah. That'll do. I got a boner for Fincher, that's for sure. <laughs> Hard on! Fuck, I did it again! <laughs> I was going to say, I did it again. Um, what trailers have we watching this week? That'll only make sense to patrons, by the way. <laughs> we'll do that. And while we're on it, uh, patrons, we're currently covering the English language films of Paul Verhoeven. We've just recently done a series of Michael Mann. There's other series on there. So $2 a month gets you extra shows and a whole back catalogue of of very random shows (laughs) (laughs) that you might want to listen to. So yes, head across to um, patrons slash film bastards and you can subscribe there. There is just one package and it's $2 a month. That's it. Indeed. It's a, it's, it's a very, very girthy package these days. Yes. Yeah. We, 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 try, and, we try and make sure we're, we're giving the people what they want. Mm. More bollocksy shit from us. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, trailers. What we got? Have we got any? Um, no. Operation Mincemeat. Terrible title for a film. Yeah. Terrible title for a film. For what actually looks like it could be a fairly fun movie, but does look a little bit like like it's going to be another one of those why are we so obsessed with the fucking Second World War in this country? Just move on, guys. <laughs> there is an element I, um, of that now. This, this comes out next Friday, and, you know, I'm looking forward to going to Spain especially considering the fact that apparently it's going to be pissing down for a couple of days next week. <laughs> um, like, Don is fuming. Uh, I feel re- I, I do actually feel really bad for the girls, but I'm just like, yeah, this is all right. Um, but yeah, like, so I'm looking forward to Spain. Not looking forward to Kiki going to a kennel for a week. That's not going to be great. That's happening tomorrow, and I'm not emotionally prepared for it. Um, but when we get back... I am very, very looking forward to doing a double bill on the Saturday of Operation Mincemeat and The Northman. It's going to be two (laughs) very, very different films. (laughs) But I'm really fucking looking forward to it. I think this looks good. Yeah, it does. It looks fun. It just looks like... Yeah. It it looks quite capery. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The thing is, if you you would have told me the film and said it's Operation Mincemeat... And told me the cast and a brief little summation of what it was about. I'd be like, I don't want to watch that. It sounds terrible. And then I watched it. I was like, this looks all right. I'm all right with this. I'll happily, I'll happily watch this. Next, yeah. 
Sure. You, after the trailer, you said it looks alright. Looks alright. Don't try that cool. Just Colin Firth in it. Just go away, Colin. Do you know what? I don't mind Colin Firth now. I don't mind him when he's doing stuff that, he's, that seems fun. So when he tries to do his worthy shit, this looks like it's maybe straddling a line. He's done less worthy shit though mm. in recent years. He's tended to do more of the fun stuff. That's fair. Yeah. I think a serious man, not a serious man. Single. A single man. Serious man was the Cumberland's one, wasn't it? Uh, single man. I think that kind of turned my tide on Colin Firth a little bit. Partially because he just looked fucking magnificent in that movie. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, what else? Marcel the shell with shoes on. No. No. Fuck off A24. Yeah. I don't even want to talk about the trailer. I'm so offended by how awful it looks. So, yeah. It, do, it does look like a lot of people are going to really tell me how wonderful and how... How deep and meaningful. How, how, yeah. yeah. And I'm still going, nah, fuck off. <laughs> I am very excited about the fact that every time we go to the cinema right now, the Northman trailer... Uh, no, I, I am still in that place of going. I am sick of seeing the same five trailers every fucking time I nah. go to the cinema. <laughs> Fair enough. It's um the 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 hype on the Northman is getting very very real on Twitter. Yeah, and I, I'm 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 very very worried that by the time we actually get to see it. There will be the backlash, backlash against the hype. Already, um, it it feels like one where film Twitter are setting it up as that this is going to be our martyr to complain when it doesn't do very well about why this was a brilliant film, but to a mainstream audience, it's going to be. What the fuck? The, the thing is, the one thing I'll say about that is because I was thinking the same is how does I'm this... I'm pumped for it, to be clear. I'm fucking yeah, sorry. But I, yeah. I'm very pumped for it, but I was thinking, but how is this getting such a wide release? However, what I, I will say it. is, the the, the the every time I've seen the trailer in a cinema that's had other people in there, I've already heard people turning around and going, yes, <laughs> about that movie. <laughs> I mean, like... $90 million budget, which is fucking insane. Good on Robert Eggers. Yeah. And it's like, if this pulls off, like, it, it feels like it's one that could just r- r- ride a wave all the way through the year mm. when it comes to, like, award season. Like, if they actually manage to get that fucking Venn diagram of critically loved and commercially loved you know and then like the Oscars are like holy shit we've got one <laughs> yeah yeah that that's going to be interesting it's like that everything everywhere all at once which I'd, actually this made me laugh it's not film news but did you guys see one of the co-directors keeps on replying to people about like please calm down like <laughs> I I you know the, the the word is scary. Can you please calm down? And it's like somebody like really passively aggressive, passive aggressively said like, "I just seen it. I thought I thought it was all right, but I didn't think it was the best film ever made." And like the guy just like the director just replied to him, going, 
yeah, that's great. I don't, I don't think it's the best film ever made either. So thank you. you know? <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's, I mean, it's brilliant, and it's like I'm really, really looking forward to that. But again, that feels like one. It's getting a wide release in the US this weekend, and that one, it seems like if it's going to get across enough eyeballs, enough people enjoy it. And maybe, maybe, maybe that one could Venn diagram that as well. But it does feel like the Northman could be the one where it's like it's badass enough for for people like for the more mainstream audience to enjoy it. But it still gets that critical attention, you know. And it, it, it it's it, it, the thing is, it's also it's date moviable mm. for like for like not film obsessive like we are but your general what is it because you'll have the and i've been very very stereotypical but that is what generic audiences can be where you will have the the guy will go yeah i've gone see that because got fucking axe and shit in it yeah. right and when the girlfriend goes eh, like that go that scars guy from that film that, that tv show you used to watch True blood he, he rocks around without his shirt on and she'd be like, yeah, Amazing. fair enough. Yeah, then. fair play. <laughs> yeah. And Ethan Hawke. Ethan. I don't think the Hawkers need an excuse to go and see something that looks pretentious, Becky. He's a dilf. Is he though? Yeah. yeah. I think he's a dilf who's going to get dead in the first 15 minutes of that film. Yeah, but then, but then be haunting him for the rest of it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Looks fucking great. Mm. Um, yeah, that and Operation Mincemeat, it's going to be a hell of a double bill. I've got one other one. I don't think I've got any. Got another one. Oh. Jewel. Yeah. See, I, I think this looks quite interesting, but I, after another movie that we watched this week, Karen Gillan can fuck right off. <laughs> Controversial, but we'll come to that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, Did you watch I, Oculus? we wish Jewel yeah where she is her character is diagnosed terminally ill um, and in the the world that this exists in if you're diagnosed terminally ill you can have a clone made of you that takes over your life when you die but then she it turns out that they misdiagnosed her but they can't have two so they have to have a duel to the death (laughs) <laughs> really? Is that the plot? That's the yeah. plot. That sounds great. What, what's the trailer like? The problem is with the film is the trailer's really good, Ian. Is it's yeah, by okay. it's it's made by Riley Stevens, who did Faults and the Art of Self Defence. I quite like the Faults, but I really didn't like Art of Self Defence. I don't think I've seen either of those. Um, and it just I do have a feeling that something Riley Stevens just overtly attempt to be off kilter rather than just being an off kilter director mm. and that grates like a motherfucker with me mm. so I'm intrigued by this but worried because of who directs it but it's a good trailer it's an alright trailer Okay. the premise okay. sounds good is what I would say yeah Oh, you don't like the art of self-defence. I can tell why, just by looking at the fucking cast list, because you don't like Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg is yeah, shit. Yeah, that, that, that's some fucking mark-triggering yeah, shit. Yeah, it really fucking is, isn't it? Yeah. You fuck off with your trash opinions. I don't like people, right? 
who are in movies that don't like movies? What? You like that other one about Facebook that he's in? Right, I'm allowed to like some of his movies, that's fine. Okay, and Zombieland. I don't like Zombieland, yeah. yeah. So you just, you've just disproved your own point. But if anyone says, oh, Jesse Eisenberg's in it, like, oh, fuck off. Yeah, usually. Oh, I'm usually right. Um, the thing is, I don't think he's a bad actor, I think he's a good actor. But I just don't like to have self defense. It's boring. <laughs> it's just a really boring movie. Okay. It's a really boring movie that thinks it's the world's better than it is. Anyone for any more trailers? No? No. Nope. Boom, let's go. Nah, we're good. Right. We have an appointment, don't we? We have an appointment with Dr. Michael Morbius. <laughs> so Morbius is a film, apparently, although we all just could be having a collective fever dream. There's one more after this, isn't there? One more of the pre-COVID-made films. Top Gun. Top Gun, and that's it. Um, what is Morbius about? Biochemist Michael Morbius tries to cure really himself question. Sorry. of a rare blood disease but he inadvertently infects himself with a form of vampirism instead. As you do. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he doesn't inadvertently, he very vertently injects himself with that shit. don't think he realises it's going to make him a vampire, though. That's true. Hang on a sec, sec, two secs. Hey, Siri, can you turn on the light in the bedroom, please? There we go. Sorry. So, yeah, so film is directed uh, by... Uh, Daniel Espinosa and um, stars Jared Leto, Matt Smith, uh, Jared Harris, Tyrese Gibson, um, and Andrea Yahona. Ah, Yahona. Yahona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck it. Let's go with that. So yeah, Morbius. Ian, um, how did you get on with your appointment with Doctor Michael Morbius? Uh, I can barely remember it. If I'm honest, I watched it on Friday afternoon. I'm going to fucking struggle, I think. Um, Ian, can I ask you a further question then? Is that because nothing fucking happens in this movie? Like, honestly, the only things I particularly remember are the opening and closing titles. They're really good titles, aren't they? Fucking great. They are great. Can I ask a question? Mm. Right. I don't. I watched this earlier today. Yeah, sure. <laughs> right. Tyrese Gibson. Yeah. In the trailer, like he had a bionic arm, didn't he? I don't think. Well, like he was talking about it in interviews, like like a, like a year trailers. or two ago, and was talking about wait till you see the kind of like the shit I'm doing with my arm in this. It says Stroud has a high-tech weapons-grade arm and in the film. And he fucking has it in one of the trailers. His arm gets cut off or something in one of the trailers. In one of the trailers. Does it? Really did not For sure, it in one of the, the first trailers, <laughs> his arm gets blown off. Look, I mean, this is the thing with Morbius, right? This fucking film, shot before the pandemic. I think maybe they did some reshoots and stuff like you know, during, during it all. But it's like... It's the biggest fucking shrug of a film and yet has been held for so long. And it, it's like, when did they, like, when did they go, right, 
you can't do any more. You know, because I remember, like, No Time Today, Kerry Joji Fukunaga was interviewed, and, like, somebody said, like, well, with the delay, are you tempted to uh, fucks with it anymore? And he was just like, no, we're done. The the, the film is done. I'm not going to be touching it again. With this, it felt like Daniel Espinosa had been fucking editing it until, like, two minutes before the premiere. I think there's a possibility that everyone's seen different versions of it because he's still fucking editing it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean... And... Again, I'm going to throw the question out uh, to, to, to both of you. From the trailers, because we all remember the trailers because we've been watching it for the past nine months at the cinema, right? Did you expect the bit where he gets in the helicopter and goes to the bat to literally be like one of the first fucking scenes in the movie? Or do you think it would happen at least like 10, 15 minutes in? Yeah, probably thought it would be a bit later in, yeah. Yeah, yeah. when that happened, I, I, I and thought... it's like 25 years earlier. Yeah, I was, like, I was like, right, so that's literally like the start of the movie is this. Clearly, this film has, 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 has been edited to fuck. <laughs> I mean, so this is the thing. I, I don't think this is Daniel Espinosa's fault. Nope. Um, like, obviously... There was shit that they shot, and that you know, which wasn't in the film. And that guy is being classy enough and is playing the game enough to just go, yeah, this is this is the film, you know. And it's it feels like by the time you get to the third act, every other scene has been cut out. Yeah, like it, the relationship between Morbius and the love interest where they kind of start off a little bit flirty, but not really. And then in the third act, their kissing, that came out of absolutely nowhere. <laughs> yeah. um, it, like, ridiculous. Um, Jared Harris, it felt like his character was... It doesn't feel like in the original version of this film that his character was just like the kindly old helper. Yeah, it, it felt, felt like, like there was. More. Yeah, that there was going to be something else to him, and and yet here we are. Um, the only one who seems to actually like have their role pretty much intact, I'd say, is probably Matt Smith. Um, and I'll be honest, I thought Matt Smith might have been the best the, the best performance in the film. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm not massive on Matt Smith usually, but. He was just having fun here. And that's kind of what you want, but nobody else is. Well, Bex, you actually quite liked Morbius, didn't you? I did, yeah, but I'm not going to talk about it because you both clearly hated it. No, I didn't. No, no, look, to be clear, I didn't hate it. It's just a shrug. It's just, it's just a bit crap. But you quite. But I, but I like the fact that you liked it. What did you like about it? What didn't you like about it, Becky? I didn't like Matt Smith. <laughs> and I oh, didn't, all right. I didn't okay. like Matt Smith. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I just thought he was too cartoony. It, it didn't suit the tone of the film, though. But I think... It suited the tone of the film I wanted to yeah, watch. I think, I think he... I think Matt Smith understood the assignment more than everybody else. But the assignment is what it is presented as. You can't just read the comic books and go, that's, that's what... That's the... My love that I want to be, and then just completely disregard the tone the film's going for. 
I, I, I think I think Matt Smith was the only person who, who at the end of it was like, I think I know where this is going. How did he start off as like this super posh kid in a private health facility and end up as as, as just Matt Smith doing his normal Cockney voice? Which isn't even his real voice. Yeah, but it's his, it's his normal voice for stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Because it, it, he is it, a posh boy. It, 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 it's the, I don't want everyone to work out that I am from a wealthy yeah, background Yeah, he wants voice. to come off as like a fucking ragamuffin, but yeah. he isn't. But that's the voice he normally does. He'd be better off doing his normal voice. Yeah. In this. Um, No, I really liked it. I liked the story. I thought it was... Like, visually, I thought it was really good. Um, Jared Leto's pretty. So it's that. I liked the... um, The pulsing stuff. Yeah. Like the... What, like the echo... Yeah. Yeah. I like the yeah, bit where, like, he, where he summons the bats as well by putting his, his hand in the thing and making it vibrate. I thought that was really good. I like the fact that they've clearly, really, really intentionally given him a black coat with a purple lining so that when he does his stuff, it's like purple smoke. How can we get some colour in here? It needs to be purple. Oh. Purple lining. I, I, I do just have to say, did you guys notice when the shot, when he enters that chamber with the bats, it literally goes... Ba, ba, like you're watching a fucking scene from Batman Begins. Yes, I did notice that. It, it happens as well earlier on as well. There's another one where something happens with bats and it does sound like it's aping the Batman theme. Yeah. Made me laugh for a solid 30 seconds, that did. I, 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 very, I, I, I really enjoyed chuckle. that bit. I, I yeah. will say, I think the best thing about Morbius, because I didn't, I didn't hear it, I, just, I was really bored um, and nearly fell asleep at one point, um, is... Genuinely, and I, I, I think it has to really be good for this to stand out. But the fucking sound mix on it was fucking brilliant. Yeah, it was. Like genuinely, really fucking good. It was. There was some good surround action going on for yeah. it. Yeah, you're right. The, the sound, you're design, right. The, the sound mix were fucking brilliant for it. I mean, look, yeah, I mean, this this is the thing. It just, it it felt like a sub-Blade late 90s, early noughties comic book film. And, that, that, you know, there is some joy to be had in that. Oh, if, so, if, I think if, if this had been like a film that I had just, for some reason, not got to from, like, 1999 or 2001, and I watched it one night at home, I'd be like, this is fucking, I'm alright with this, this is fun. Look, I'll, I'll say, if there's like a two and a quarter hour director's cut that fleshes things out a bit more, I'd be, I'd, I'd watch it, yeah. you know. Like, having Tyrese Gibson in that role, and it's just that, is like, let's just, let's see what else there was. Yeah, it, 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 it feels... And I can't say, don't blame David Espinosa for this, but it does feel like a film that has been trimmed to absolute fuck. It's just, yeah, it, odd. And it, it, Bex, I mean, that's the thing. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed. I, mean, I am. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's not like it, it, you know. It, it, it's not like a West Side Story kind of argument where I'm like. Why the fuck didn't you two enjoy this? Like, but the, but the opposite, you know. It's like I, I I absolutely understand. And the thing is, like you said, Jared Leto's pretty. I mean, just putting it out there in that kind of just like 
big flashy Hollywood films to it like there is an extent of it where it's just like you're watching beautiful people on screen yeah you know like it, it does it does have that element to it as well um it I just that that third that third act just like the way it ends and it's like right he's bitten her and now is she gonna come back well no she hasn't but then right she comes back right at the end and like okay so we're gonna have lady morbius as well now and what why is that happening and i i, I just i don't know why like what will happen in the sequel will it will it just be like venom or spider-man will be in it is that what they're gonna do because that feels like what they're gonna do with that mid-credits bit oh yeah i would draw i want from from this i want venom to think that he's a that dr michael morbius is a psychologist and not like a biologist and so to constantly try and get him to sort out venom and eddie's issues the thing is they're all swapping universes aren't they because of the multiverse shit that's going on um, and obviously, because um, what's his name? Michael Keaton's character is in one of the... Um, he's in the Hulkman, yeah. Yeah, which is Tom Holland. Which is MCU. But then he's obviously not where he's meant to be. So he's not in the Tom Holland universe. So whose universe is he in? Because someone's theorised that this might be Sony's way of giving Andrew Garfield his last movie. His, his third. Yeah. I'd, I'd watch the fuck out of that. I don't know... I don't... I mean, I'm going to watch it. I don't know if I want to watch it, though. But just leave it. Andrew Garfield's like sad Spider-Man, isn't he? He's like, he's like a depressing, yeah. low-key Spider-Man. But if he's got that energy that he had in No Way Home, I think I'd be up for it. Mm. it if it's, it's the energy of that, not the en- energy of like post-Gwen Stacy death in Amazing Spider-Man 2, then hell yeah, let's go. It, it is going to be interesting to see what happens with this... The, Sony see you. Yeah, and, and it's like whether this is going to like slightly derail it as well because it, it, you know, it opened well enough. I think it did like eighty-three million worldwide this weekend, um, which is which is a decent enough opening, but it's probably going to crater this weekend just because of the competition in the US. Sonic 2 and Dumbledore's Secrets 3 Fantastic Coats is out. So, you know, you've, you've got a lot of vying for attention there. Um, over here, you've got Fantastic Secrets 3 Dumbledore's Beasts as well. So, there's just a lot going on out there. Um, I, I, I think that what Sonic will do will go, okay, Morbius hasn't done appalling it's just not done as well as we'd hoped but everybody loves venom (laughs) (laughs) this is this is the thing it's like at this point do they do some sort of villain team team up film led by venom but then venom battles them because that's the thing it's like now you've had two venom films where venom like eddie is a good guy so it would be kind of fucking weird to have venom like go like teaming up with Michael Keaton, him and Jared Leto yeah, would make Morbius sense. Isn't really a bad guy, is he? No, no, exactly. You know, and it just that that mid credits bit where it's just like, you know, Spider Man's causing some trouble. We should team up. 
Yeah, that sounds interesting. What? Why is Morbius pissed off with Spider-Man? <laughs> yeah, that don't make a lot of sense. Like, but seriously, like, what? Like, why? Why? is he? Does he know who Spider-Man is? <laughs> it's, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of questions to be asked. And it's just like Jared Leto's performance there at the end, which is like, huh, interesting. And then it just cut. It was it was almost like the projector just ran out of film footage. <laughs> it's all oh, films a bit like that for me. It's just a bit like I did feel like there was just so much missing. He's bitty, yeah. And then and then the last the the, the big fight at the end, I was watching it going, I, I can't really make out most of what's going on here. It's well dark. Did you get you know when you went and ordered your new glasses the other day? Did yeah. you get a quick test done while you were there? No. Probably should have. Probably should have, really. Yeah. It's only been a year since my last one. Um, yeah. Well, so where are you back with it then? Are you definitely not shit? Definitely not shit. Or possibly Geostorm. I think you're definitely not shit. I think yeah. you actually enjoyed no, it, which really is cool. I really did enjoy it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you did. Fuck both of you. Yeah, well, that's a fair point. <laughs> Look, I mean. <laughs> I'm only playing. De- look, definitely shit, but you know, it, it, again, it, I, I've said this oftentimes. It's one where it's like, if it's in my worst ten at the end of the year, I would have had a pretty good year. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same there. It's shit, but it's not like I'm not offended by it. And no, like no, say, God, God, no. If, 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 when it comes out to watch on home release, there's an extended, like, like you say, two hour fifteen minute version of it that adds twenty more minutes of Morbius into it. Uh, then yeah, I'll, I'll I'll watch that. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, look, I'd, I'd give an extended cut a go, what, like one hundred percent. Yeah, our audience poll definitely not shit. Eleven percent. Touching cloth zero percent. Shit seventy eight percent. Wow. <laughs> this might be a shittiest movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Geostorm eleven percent. Oh. I don't know, the poll for the next one could be interesting. Hmm. Yeah, it's not quite there. <laughs> really? Oh, oh, okay. yeah. CS3P Combat! Player one, choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player two, choose your character. While you're in luck. Punter. Round one, fight! Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. But anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. So join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. Fight. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com, also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. It just really, it's isn't. not visually striking. No, I'm just just getting confirmation. It's just in That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on?
Have you ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? Putting four and five-year-olds in front of this movie, it's like, if they didn't know what death was before all this, they're going to know it after it. They're going to know it after it, and they're going to be freaking terrified. And they're going to be questioning you. Yeah. Or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one has a cold, dead heart? Yeah, The Dark Knight has got like all the orphans, and like, oh no, we're going to die. They did not build up those orphans at all. In my head, I was like, kill them. Then look no further, the His Film, Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film-related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Right, right, guys. So the bubble is written and directed by Judd Apatow, uh, and it is about uh, what is it about? Let's find out because I've just accidentally typed in Judd Apatow rather than the bubble to find out what it's about. A group of acts and actresses stuck inside a pandemic bubble at a hotel attempts to complete a film. I mean, that kind of is what it's about, really. Kind of is. Yeah, yeah, it's not that much, really, more about it. But who does it have in it? Karen Gillan is there. Uh, Pedro Pascal, Leslie Mann, Fred Armisen, David Duchovny, Keegan-Michael Kay, Kate McKinnon, uh, Gus Khan, Peter Cerebenevic, Cerebenevic, get that out, uh, Rob Delaney, uh, and other people. Um, turn up. John Cena turns up. Beck turns up. Yeah, there's some weird shit going on um, in this movie. Yeah. Mm. Uh, also, um, Iris Apatow is in this one. Um, sure. Yeah, it's not Maud this time. It's Iris. Um, Ian, the bubble. Yeah, if uh, Morbius is a shrug of a film, this is a wet fart of a film. Um quite liked The King of Staten Island. Yeah, I, 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 I like The King of Staten Island. Yeah, it, it, it was a good film. Yeah. Don't know what the fuck he was doing here. This is just... Oh, Netflix, we give me some money to make a film. Yeah, what's about? Covid, bubbles. Cool. Alright then. One of the most fucking self-satisfied... Like, kind of infuriating in how it's so smug. Yeah. But is also trying to send up elements of Hollywood where it's just like, but you're just as bad. Yeah. Like, fuck up. Like, by the time we get to the fucking extended montages of his daughter doing a fucking TikTok video where all the other actors had to fucking learn choreography. I'm sure she probably fought up herself. And his fucking wife roller skating. <laughs> I'm, I'm so fucking glad that Judd Apatow is, pl- is impressed with his wife's roller skating skills. I, That's great. I promise. I don't need to fucking watch that. I, I promise. I said to Becky after we finished watching this, there is two things I will take away from this film. One, Judd Apatow doesn't think that his kids have any attention span beyond a minute. And two, 
Leslie Mann learned how to roller skate during lockdown. Yeah, yeah, in it though. Yeah, um, it's the, the thing is, <sighs> we know the principal cast. We know them because they are well known names uh, there. Um, I think a couple of them are actually quite entertaining in this movie, and I was fine with them. Some of them I just thought they were bland. The the lesser known ones to me anyway that might be known really well to the people because they might be in stuff that I just don't watch. Um, the, the the guy who played the um, the COVID safety officer, mm, mm, mm. Um, I, I've not seen him in anything, so I don't know what he is um, to, to anybody at all. But at one point during the movie, I literally turned to Bex and said, "Sorry." When when did like the key point about being a comedian being that you had to be funny? When did that end? Sure, he's not funny at all. Like, and I was watching it. This can't just be me watching this and going, being slightly awkward and a bit weird looking and leaning forward a lot every time you say something because that's what's awkward is the fact that you lean forward when you're about to say something it was like he was a human fucking rocking horse and every time he was about to say something he had to lean forward like fuck off it's oh Uh, yeah I mean it the thing is Netflix must have been like Fuck yeah, will fund the new Judd Apatow film with that cast. Yep. You know, absolutely. All right, but this is the thing about Netflix. We decry the fact that films disappear on Netflix, but for Netflix, that must be such a fucking blessing sometimes. Like, this can be, this can just be buried. Yep. You know, this was just last week's bit of new content. Didn't work, never mind. You know, but it. The, the like it's a bit of a theme running through tonight's show, but like we're talking earlier on about like inti- the sense of entitlement in like the Hollywood. You've got this film which is two hours of bits put together, you know, like where by the end we're supposed to be on the side of all these people trying to get off this movie set because why? Yeah. I don't I don't know why we want them to leave. They they were making a film and being paid well. It, it, it but, was, it, it, I mean if it was because that like they were forced to watch Beck projected against a fucking screen, I kind of understand that. It's just everything else, every other layer that they added to... The thing is, the the idea, the original idea of the movie, like the base idea of the movie, I was like, do you know what? I'm all right with that. If this is just a section of vignettes of amusing, quirky things happening within this hotel about this fake movie that's being made, then I'm all, I'm all right with that. You know... All of these people individually can be funny enough to, to get away with that. But the fact that they kept, kept adding these other bits into it. So you didn't just get one TikTok dance routine and bits like that. There was a couple. And 
the first one was actually quite fun and entertaining. But then the the whole thing about um, Pedro Pascal and Maria um, Baklova, that just... Do you know the case when you watch it, you go, was that... At what point was that funny on the page? Because yep. it, at no point does any of that land whatsoever, or even have an actual joke within it. It's just, yeah, it's not very funny at all. Um, yeah. And yeah, the montages, the first montage where you get just Karen Gillan in in isolation is fine. But then when you have the next montage where it's all of them, but majority of it is Leslie Mann roller skating, is just a bit, it's a bit odd, isn't it? Yep. It's, yep. Yep. My key bit that I will take away from this movie is it's really really, really boring for a, a large amount of the runtime. I I think Cliff B6 would have been a better movie than this. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, yes, quite, yeah. It, it's just watching it and, and honestly just being like, what do you mean I've only been watching it for 40 minutes? What do you mean I've only been watching it for an hour? What do you mean I've only been watching it for an hour and a quarter? Yeah, it it was um, it was that kind of thing. Bex paused it to go and grab a drink at one point. And she paused it and I thought, there's probably only like 35, 40 minutes left. And we were 30 minutes into it. And I sure, just yeah. I was like, how? And the thing is, at that point, I wasn't not liking it. I was all right with it. I just thought it had been on for a lot longer. And then it made me worry because I was starting to not like it. And... I mean, Kate McKinnon was is. It, it, I was first introduced to Kate McKinnon in the, in the like the Ghostbusters, the Paul Feig Ghostbusters movie, and thought she was great in it, and still think she's great in it. And then everything I've seen after of her being in, she is one note as fuck, and it's not a funny one. No, I mean every single fucking role that she does is person who's saying insincere things. Yeah, and kind of just like lifting her shoulders up and having a wig and kind of moving in weird kind of motions. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It, like somebody awkwardly dancing and smiling and just kind of laughing. And everything I've seen of her on SNL is that. So the outlier is her being fun in Ghostbusters. Yeah, it's um, and the thing is now it's like she's in the SNL cast, but she only really turns up when she wants to. Um, I, I I watch quite a lot of SNL on YouTube. There are set there are bits of SNL when Simu Liu was on. They did one where um, they they create like a dog soldier, which was one of the funniest fucking things I I've, I've ever ever seen. Um, like there, there are moments where SNL is great, but literally Kate McKinnon seems to only rock up when the host is someone she likes. Uh, you see, I, 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 I'm very much one of those people who is very much with the SNL thing of 
it's nowhere near as funny as people will always tell me it is. Yeah, no, which is fine. You know, it's I, you know, I I enjoy Weekend Update. I quite like the relationship that Colin Jost and Michael Che have together. Um, Michael Che's apparently going to be leaving at the end of this season, and that's sad. Uh, I I I do enjoy him a great deal, but yeah, I mean, did, did, I mean, you know, you got Fred Armisen here, who is. I, I, People seem to find Fred Armisen funny, and I've never quite understood that. <laughs> I'm in the um, same place as you with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it's um, I, I yeah, I, 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 I thought I think Duchovny and um, Karen Gillan are doing a lot of heavy lifting here. Duchovny looks like he's going to break like often <laughs> in this, which I quite I found quite endearing. Like he just he he kind of seems like he just enjoyed his time there. Yeah, and it was like, yeah, do you know what? Fair enough. The I quite enjoyed the drug sequence where they had all those faces in, I, superimposed I, on them. I did, but 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 when it just became too, it became too many faces. It's like it's like Judd Apatow just got a little bit too overexcited. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean they overplayed it, but I, I thought it was all right and. Um, I don't know, like the the Karen Gillan, like the boyfriend who, <laughs> like, oh, it just forgets about her straight away, and then like the whole house sitting bit, but then like his new girlfriend's there. Like, I don't know. I I thought that was all right, and then the whole the whole thing with the footballer, you know. But I, yeah, I don't know. May, maybe it's just because like the. Karen Gillan being horny is something that I just enjoy watching. I don't know. It could it could really Please, just be that. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that whole thing. Whether I think you can tell a film is 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 bad or has lost me when at that moment you know, when she first runs into the Betis player, mm. I, I turn out of X and was like, if they'd been a training or whatever, they wouldn't be in their full actual kit. He'd be in a training. No, shop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you make a good point. <laughs> it's like I, usually I accuse you of nitpicking, but yeah, you're right. I was like, it's not like football teams don't fucking market their training tops like a lot. Hmm. <laughs> so I was a little bit like that, but it almost feels a little bit with that. It's like Betis, really? That is either a specific choice by Judd Apatow, and I want to know why. It feels like he probably asked Pedro Pascal, "Who's your fo- favorite football team?" Yeah, and Pascal went uh, Betis, which could, which you know, you could see. But it, it, but there's another world where it was like, yeah, Barcelona, Real Madrid, PSG all said no. <laughs> Well, there is also that, yeah. But no, but I mean, I, I, I can't I, see Barcelona saying no because I think at this point in time, if you have said to Barcelona, "Can we have one of your? Can we? Can we just have a fake player from you and just in your kit um, for you know for, for this movie?" Now they'd be like, "Yeah, how much?" And if Netflix went, "I don't know, we'll give you a tenner," they'd go, "Yeah, we could use that tenner right now. We really could use that tenner right now." Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, quite. I don't know. I mean, like, I, I, I thought Pedro Pascal was all right. Um, his that weird fucking bit with the exercise machine, like, I kind of wish they went in that direction a bit more. And again, with the drug trip bit, 
if they just went a bit more just odd instead of like, ah, oh, isn't it funny how we can't shake hands during COVID and, you know, how people are in masks. Look at my daughter dancing. Yeah. I th- it just... Judd, I, I don't know, Apatow, it just... I I kind of... I. If he's going to do stuff like this, I want him to go away. If he's going to do stuff like the King of Staten Island, or even Trainwreck, you know, just... But, but, but like, to be honest, if he's not writing the stuff, I'm more into it at this point. And it's because we don't need the perspective of Judd Apatow. No, I think his perspective is gone now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because he, he, he doesn't have it. It's like, he's got a famous wife. His daughters are famous. Like, Maud Apatow's in that euphoria, and apparently she's legitimately good in it. I, 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 like, I'm going to be honest, I thought Iris Apatow, it, it, it was actually one of the better things in it. I thought she was fun. I thought she played that character yeah, so, quite well. So, I mean, th- th- but this is the thing. So now, like, you know, him... And the, his extended family are famous. So do I have that much interest in what they have to say creatively? Well, or what he has to say creatively? Not particularly, because he spent the last 20 years just making his family famous and living in Hollywood. So now we get to watch him have his actress wife and actress daughter play actresses the thing is cool. I, I think there's an argument to state that because he's not made that many films as a director I think but I think there's an argument to state that he's actually only made as a director one genuinely great movie and then he's made more duds than he has goods. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Absolutely, he has. I mean, like he's he's not directed a great film in fifteen twenty years. I think the, I would say the only great film he's directed is the Forty Year Old Version. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, and then he had his kind of purple patch producing other things, and then he tried to. This is the thing: he did funny people, and people didn't like it. And then he just kind of kept trying to go in that in you know in that kind of like, I'm I'm a comedy guy, but I'm also a comedy auteur. Funny people was two and, hours you know, twenty five minutes long. Jesus fucking Christ. And But, I mean, this is the thing. It's like Adam McKay has basically gone, I'm not a comedy guy. I'm a drama guy with elements of comedy. And I don't know which one I'd prefer. It's just, it's sad to me that, you know, the mid-noughties, you had Judd Apatow doing The 40-Year-Old Virgin. You had Adam McKay doing Anchorman and Talladega Nights and Step Brothers. And now... 
it kind of feels like they both feel like that material's beneath them. And to be fair, McKay more than Apatow, because at least Apatow is still making films that are out-and-out comedies and aren't necessarily about something. Yeah, you, but, I, you, I, the thing is, I, I've liked The Big Short Vice and, and Don't Look Up. I, I've liked all of those. But if, and it won't happen now because of the relationship they have, but if, per se, let's say, let's say Will Ferrell and Adam McKay made friends and came out and they were like, we're doing just a fucking stupid comedy again, I would be mm-hmm. a lot more fucking pumped for that than if it was one of the, you know, satire comedies that he does. But this is the thing, Adam McKay won't do that now no. because he's an artist. Yeah. And when people don't like his art, he'll just say, well, people don't, they don't understand and they're being purposefully tetchy. I like Don't Look Up. I don't particularly like Adam McKay. Yeah, I will take Will Ferrell's side in all this because I still realise. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he fucked Will Ferrell over yeah. to be like on, on winning time, to be fair. Um, Oh, but I but, do kind of want to watch Winning Town. But it's a TV thing. Apparently it's not great, though. Yeah, but a lot of people tell me TV stuff's great, and then I, I also don't want to watch that. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. No, no, fair enough. Watch what you want to watch. But it's like the season, uh, Winning Time, I don't think the season's even ended, and no one is talking about it. No. No, um, that's it. It, it, um, it. It's definitely something I'll watch one episode of and go, and then watch again. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, they, like you did with I Peacemaker. Like I have with Peacemaker, yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> but, I mean, th- th- this is it with the bubble. It's like... I John Apatow is trying to make something funny. But he's just but not funny anymore. It, no, he's just... He's, he's lost... Him writing, he has lost that touch. Yeah, one of, one of the funniest bits in the movie is James McAvoy chasing down Karen Gillan because she's running. That bit is good, actually. That bit was good. And it's just because it's James McAvoy. Yeah, it's just the furious look on his face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, Becky, what do you think of, of, of the bubble? Shit. It's basically what we've been saying for the last 20 minutes or so. Yeah. I like David Duchovny in it, and I like Pedro Pascal in it when he wasn't acting opposite Maria Bakalava. Is that because she's not very good? Why is she a thing? I mean, yeah, but also it just—it was just a stupid fucking sub storyline. I agree. Um, Keegan Michael Key's fine, but in the in the most he turned up. Yeah. I actually didn't hate um, Nepotism Baby. Iris? Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought she was alright. She was alright, innit? Yeah. And the, the TikTok video scenes were actually quite funny. The first one was. Well, the second one, when Pedro Pascal then had like a heart attack, was quite no, funny. I don't think it's funny. I don't find Trugo just as funny, Rebecca. <laughs> Fair enough. It's a serious condition. Mm. No, it's, it's just shit. Are we all all saying it's shit then? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Our audience poll. Definitely not shit, 23%. Touching cloth, 15%. And shit, 62%. It's 
It's not as shit as uh, Morbius. No, it's not as shit as Morbius. So go on then. Given the choice, guys, if you were had to watch one of these again, would you watch Morbius again or The Bubble again? I mean, I feel like the answer to that one for me is fairly obvious. All right, Ian. Morbius? Yeah, Morbius, definitely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think my issue with this, though, is it thinks it's fucking great and really clever and, like, really biting commentary on the pandemic and stuff like that, and it's just fucking not. Yeah. 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 Um, it's smug. Yeah. It is smug. <laughs> the fucking word. Yeah, you're right. It is smug. Ian, what have you been watching? Uh, yeah, so I've got a couple of things to uh, speak on. Um, so, yesterday, watched a film that I've been wanting to watch for a while, but I got this kind of thing about like not if I'm going to watch like the second, third, fourth part of a franchise I'm gonna like, watch them in order and then I was like do you know what no one's fucking telling me I have to do that fuck it so I watched Die Hard with a Vengeance nice um, I haven't watched, I, that is probably the Die Hard that I have watched the least but I really like it so it's 4k HDR on Disney Plus and it looks really good so there's that Die Hard with a Vengeance is fucking great. And it's the most fucking great when Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson are together. When they're not together, it's really good. But those two have got such a fucking great chemistry that like it's like at the end where it, it kind of like the the plot is almost over and it's like right let's go get Simon I'm so glad that Samuel L. Jackson's along for the ride as well even though Bruce Willis is doing all the heroic shit Samuel L. Jackson is still there um it's also a pretty great New York movie um Goes to an awful lot of different like locations in New York, like so literally in the geographical sense, but also the supporting characters have all got stuff to do. <laughs> so, you know, you've got Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson like doing their thing, but all the other cops around as well. Like, there's like, an extended thing where. Uh, Simon says that he's planted a bomb in a school, and they they identify the school, and then all those cop like the cops have got like specific actions, and it's like the chief, he kind of starts being a ball breaker, isn't really. He's just trying to do his job, and he quite likes John McClane, and like he gets his whole thing, and um, like the other detectives around like get their moments, and the whole kind of like the New York, we're all in it together kind of thing that you do get in a lot of New York films is really present and correct with Die Hard with a Vengeance. Um, so, and the, I just love the fact as well, that it's like the first one, you think it like you, like they, they, they pretend that it's like a terrorism like thing and they want to like free prisoner, like terrorist prisoners. And it turns out it's all about money. And here, 
you're made to think it's all about getting revenge on John McClane, but then halfway through, it's like, no, it's actually just about money. <laughs> and, and like, and I, I, I love that. I love how cynical it is. It just, you know, it's almost like it's kind of like, you could say it's retreading plot beats, but no, it's like John McTiernan's just going, yeah, but in the end of the day, everybody just wants more money. And it's like, well, yeah, you're right, actually, aren't you? You know, so yeah. it, it, you, 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 go, you go with it. So, yeah, it's... um, oh, And I love the way that with the first one, you've got Ode to Joy, like, turning up all the time. And there's little hints of that in the score here. But with Die Hard with a Vengeance, for some reason... They keep on doing the animals go in two by two, hurrah, hurrah, <laughs> as the thing. Um, and I'd forgotten about that. And it's uh, fucking, it's just like, what? I think we might need to watch this at some point the next week or so, man. <laughs> it's been a long time, so much oh. time for the vengeance. It's, it's great. And just the fucking, the, when they're, the, the taxi through Central Park bit, it's, it's terrific. And just the, I love that, you know, Die Hard, it's, um, it's contained and it's claustrophobic. Here, they are darting around all over the fucking place. All over the place. It, it you know, and it, it, the first, like, 45 minutes or so, where they're just kind of, like, having to do the Simon Says stuff, maybe even the first half, it, it's terrific and it's really propulsive. And I kind of wish the whole film was that but i understand why it's not well, they, they, um, it was intentional that wasn't it they did they, they specifically didn't want it to all be in one place because mm-hmm. dad and i had two were all in one place yeah yeah exactly yeah it, it just it was terrific but my heart did sink at the end where like you, the credits come up and it's like you watch this you might like this and it's just Justin Long smiling and Die Hard 4.0. You don't know me at all. <laughs> no, yeah, and it's just, no. So this is the thing, when I'm like, uh, you know, if I was going to watch something, I'm going to watch the whole franchise. With this, it's like, no, I, I, I watch Die Hard every year. I've watched Die Hard 3. I could see Die Hard 3 going into the rotation. The rest of them... Not so much. Two good. You're pro- yeah, two two's all right. I, I, I probably do need to give two another. Two's, go, two's yeah. better than every time you watch it. You go, "This is better than I rem- remember it being." But you've kind of got to squeeze it in around Christmas, and mm. it's like mm. there are better movies that you could squeeze in at that point. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. But yeah, Die Hard three, great. Just the whole like summer aspect of how hot it is as well. I mean, the opening fucking rules. It's just like Die Hard with a vengeance. Thirty seconds in. There's an explosion and you're off to the races. <laughs> like really, it just it just gets going straight away. It's fantastic. So yeah. Um, also, for the first time in a long time, I watched Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two. Oh, both of them. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna watch Army of Darkness and the Evil Dead remake. Uh, Blank Check are doing Sam Raimi in their Patreon. They're doing the Evil Dead remake next week, <laughs> so there, there's a reason why I'm doing this. Um, what you fucking love that podcast? <laughs> it's yeah, it rules though. Oh, it's, I, I, honestly, it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the fact that we that we kind of like that we unofficially plug that podcast, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, no, no, I mean, yeah, abs- ab- ab- absolutely, they're, they're, uh, they're very good boys. That is, that is a very sincere thing, I'm not taking the piss there, it's a no, genuine no. thing, <laughs> I like it. And plus, oh, no, it's, often... I, no, it's great, I've, I've, I've listened to a lot of Blank Check and I, I re-listened to it a, a lot as well, it's just, it's it's great, like, running bit, like, jokes, but also really good analysis and decent guests and stuff, you know, so, it, yeah, yeah. But the other thing um, there is, but... often you'll watch something and I'll go... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, no. Um I really yeah, just really enjoyed my time with these. And it yeah, I I I have been saying like over the last few years it is like horror is something that is become a bit more of a uh, thing to me as I get older. And I don't know. I think maybe maybe because I th- maybe because lots is getting older and she's her own person and I'm in ways I'm less fearful of what might happen to her and but in other ways more I, I don't know but I kind of feel like I'm maybe getting my sea legs back a little bit you know um, because I mean she's not a baby anymore so it's like things where like kids are in trouble and stuff like I'm not as like bothered about anymore I suppose but so I go to the Evil Dead and it's like yeah this film is fucking gnarly and it's gross, and the tree rate bit is really fucking intense, mm-hmm. and remains so, but it is fucking fun, and the gnarliness is entertaining, the fucking pen in the ankle, and then twisting it around, or whatever it is, maybe it's not a pen, but that bit is fucking gross, but I love it. And the the the, the dynamism of what is going on in that first one is just incredible what they were doing on on that budget is amazing um and it, yeah i mean it's it's just very pitch black dark at moments and very despairing film but it it's effective but I don't know, weirdly, I found it more just, this is fun, gnarly, than I think I ever have before with The Evil Dead. Like, I just enjoyed it. Evil Dead 2 <laughs> is just a fantastic action comedy. Yep. Like, that, that's all there is to it. You know, is... with, with, obviously, with horror elements, obviously. On the Blu-ray, and I'm assuming it'll be on the, if there's a 4K release, which I'm not sure if there is or not, um, there's a really good documentary about the making of that movie, but it focuses ma- mainly on like the effects making of it. Oh, the Golden Area. Yeah, and it's yeah. a fucking yeah, great documentary of just how much fun they had making all of these bits. Because, this is it. It's like they wanted to do the medieval dead, and Dino De, De Laurentiis was like, no. Make the first one again, but <laughs> with bigger production value, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah, yeah and um, the it, it it feels more setty, which I think is because the first one was location shooting, the second one was a set, so that does make sense. But it's like the camera feels more expansive. You know, the tree rape they replaced that with just like. 
her being dragged along by the vines and then fucking like slammed into a tree, which you know does does land better. Um, you know, I mean, I, this one's been reclassified in the UK as a fifteen. The Evil Dead is still a, an eighteen, and it's like I absolutely understand that delineation when you when you look at this one. Oh yeah. Um, the the goofiness of it, just like when when Ash is fucking laughing and the fucking like deer head like turns around and she's doing its goofy laugh and then the lamp starts laughing it, it, it like fucking amazing Ted Raimi as Henrietta is incredible like at the end when like uh, Ash is is fighting her it, it and then she just turns into the big fucking bird snake thing great um yeah i mean it like that's the thing it's like evil dead 2 feels like the film that they probably would have made if they had the budget for it the first time round yeah um but that that's fine and i think they're both perfectly valid like existing alongside each other is not necessarily like evil dead 2 being a sequel to evil dead is weird considering the first 10 minutes is basically a loose remake of evil dead except with half the characters, um, you know, it, it, it feels more like a a reboot, but they couldn't have just called it Evil Dead again. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's a fantastic hour twenty five or so, and then that ending. First, I mean, they they mentioned it in the commentary. I remember the commentary from back in the day, but the, like the shot where Bruce Campbell lands in the in the the past. And there's just obviously crash mats on the floor. Is <laughs> amazing. They they don't even try to hide it. It's great. But that ending is fantastic. It's such a what the fuck is going to happen now ending. And I like Army of Darkness. I almost stuck that on last night instead of Die Hard with a Vengeance. But for some reason, I just really wanted to watch Die Hard with a Vengeance. So I did. But <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure I'll be talking about Army of Darkness next, next week. Nice. Any more? Nah, that's it for me. Bex, what have you been watching? I haven't watched anything on my own. Right, cool. I've watched half of two movies on my own. So I'll finish them up and talk about them next time. Solid. Good effort. Uh, I've watched The Breakup. Because it was mentioned on a podcast I was listening to, a football podcast, randomly. Not the Blank Check podcast. It wasn't the Blank Check, but I was like, no. It was on a football podcast I was listening to. Uh, randomly, the breakup came up. They were using it to describe Mo Salah's contract <laughs> situation. <laughs> and saying that it's like a, it's like this thing that, 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 that both people want the same thing to happen, but are pretending they want the other thing to happen. And that's basically the breakup is. They yeah. they're breaking up, but they neither match you want to break up, and that's the whole thing about. It. It's funny the breakup. Yeah. Yeah. I've not seen it. It, it. it is. It's it's a funny movie. Although Vince Vaughn is playing a little bit too much of a dick, so you kind of start rooting for Jennifer Aniston, and I don't think the film's trying to get you to do that. <laughs> I think right. it's trying to get you to do the opposite. Uh, but yeah, but it's it, it's funny. Um. I also uh, rewatched Transcendence. 
had I watched this with you? Well, you missed out. Um, <laughs> because I've wanted to rewatch this for a while. You've not suggested it. Um, that's your problem. Uh, because I, I remember we quite liked Transcendence, didn't we? Mm. Mm. And nobody else did. <laughs> mm-hmm. At all. Um, I still quite like Transcendence. And still nobody else does at all. I remember, I remember telling Mark Kermode years ago, people are going to reevaluate Transcendence in years to come. And he was like, no, they're not. You're an idiot. And he was right. So far. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think he was probably right. He was. Uh, yeah, because like, literally Wally Fister has barely done anything since, like, at all. With the exception of a couple of, uh, literally a couple of oh, episodes oh, of TV. Do you know what things. he directed? Yeah, he directed the pilot episode of The Tick, the tick. starring blank checks Griffin Newman. <laughs> <laughs> He's just weaving its way to the fabric of this show, this one, isn't it? There you go. Um, and yeah, still quite like Transcendence. Uh, it's probably Johnny Depp's last good performance. Um, you remember Kate Mara was a thing at one point? Um, and I, I, I very what I did notice more in this watching of it. That I, um, she's now she's now married to Jamie Bell, who guested on the Contact episode of Blank Check. <laughs> well played. <laughs> um, I noticed on this watch though how Rebecca Hall's character actually, as you get further into the movie. Um, because it, it bounces round from like it, it has like a few leaps forward in terms of years. How her interactions with people that are people that are real people become almost more can, kind of robotic throughout it because the majority of her interactions are with essentially a living AI. And I was like, I'd never noticed that, but it's really it's quite interesting sort of performance bit within it for Rebecca Hall who should be in more she should she should um, what did we watch together this week Max we only watched one film together that wasn't one of the what is it films wasn't it I don't know what is it anymore. <laughs> yeah we did do so if anyone's it. doing film bastards bingo take a drink <laughs> uh, yeah we were struggling for someone to watch last night, weren't we? Yes, so I jokingly suggested something, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. The fourth kind. The fourth kind. Uh, which uh, Noel has been critical of you of this evening. Yes, he has. Have <laughs> Yes. On the what? boy chat. Yeah, go on, Ian. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, um, Noel screen grabbed Mark's one star letterboxed entry circled rewatched and said Mark I love you I do I just don't know if I'll ever understand you <laughs> yeah oh that's 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 perfectly yeah. reasonable <laughs> um, yeah we, ro- we watched the fourth kind um Knowing that it's shit. <laughs> I don't think I remembered quite how shit. Well, I don't remember how shit, but I remember it being shit. It's really, 
Like, it's painful how shit this movie is. The fact that the whole premise of the film starts with Mila Jokovic coming out and saying that it's based around facts and whether or not you believe them or not, that's up to you. But the film it's is all real footage. spliced in with real footage yeah. and then the film footage that they've done for the dramatisations. You're like, no, it's not real footage. It's all <laughs> dramatisations. Mm. It's fucking awful. It's not great. But what's mental is Olatendi um, Oshinami, the writer-director of it, has now gone on to have a really successful TV career. Directing TV bits. Yeah. Uh, like, really successful. Like, he's directed um, episodes of um, Sleepy Hollow, uh, did a lot of episodes of Star Trek Discovery. STD? S- oh, that's unfortunate. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I, I I will never understand why I keep doing this to myself, but I will also keep doing it to myself. Yeah, you will, yeah. yeah. Also, we couldn't be bothered to like learn the children's names, so we just called them Fake Blind and Nose, didn't we? Yeah, Fake Blind and the Nose Kid. Yeah. No, no, not the Nose Kid. We just called him Nose. nose. Yeah, that fucking hell of a conquer on that boy. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Poor kid. No, it's not poor kid. It's his fault he was in that film. Uh, yeah, that film is terrible. Please don't watch it. <laughs> questions our question for you this week is which computer game would you love to see a movie adaptation of uh, and the McCartan says Splinter Cell that would make a good movie yeah yeah I've not played it no but you, you're aware of it I'm aware um, I swear Tom Hardy was supposed to be in a Splinter Cell film. Was it Was it Doug Lyman directed as well? Yeah, that's that sounds right. Yeah, that was a thing for a while, yeah. And then it just never happened. Uh, Rick Kidd says, Fair stereotypical answer, Grand Theft Auto or a Red Dead Redemption, although a fairly gnarly version of Manhunt could be fun. Yeah, that's, I mean, that, fun... One of the most harrowing things of all time. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> yeah, fair play. Um, Craig Dawson, Roadmaster 3. That's a good answer. Yeah. I could see like a Justin Lin fucking Road Rash movie. That'd be really mm. fucking fun. I could start like a Fast and Furious style Road Rash franchise. Yeah. That'd be amazing. It's I fucking done love yet. Road Rash. Road Rash is fucking great. Yeah. Road Rash is a great game. Did you ever play the arcade game of it? Yeah. Were well, you on the actual bike? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. fucking beautiful, that. That's good, yeah. I wasn't as good as, at that as the other one. No, me neither. I mean, I fell off it once. Oh, no. I too big to run out of car and yeah. tie myself wow. up it. I wasn't even on the inside. I wasn't the outside. I was on the inside, so I smacked my face at the other one. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. I was in hospital a lot when I was a child. Um, Gareth Clark says... I always like the idea of a Metal Gear Solid film, but it probably wouldn't work. The idea of the main character hiding in a locker for five minutes at a time, <laughs> the dumb guard aimlessly you wander around looking for him, probably isn't cinematic. Yeah. Isn't that, either, isn't that like a Metal Gear Solid like animated film or something like that? Or have I just imagined that? I don't know. No, I mean, Oscar, Oscar Isaac's been talking for years about it, and that Jordan Voigt Roberts guy 
has been talking about it, but they never seem to be able to get it off the ground. It's like, there's so much fucking mythology with Metal Gear. Like, I played the first few hours of Metal Gear 2, uh, Solid 2, uh, a few months back. And, my God, there's a lot going on with that. It's a, it, it's a weirdy one, isn't it? Yeah. Well, like, it just, it... I don't think... I, I agree... I don't think you could adapt it, to be honest. Like, maybe... It would be a t- as a TV series, sure, but it would be, like, the most expensive TV series of all time. So, look forward to not being able to find it on Amazon um, in two years' yeah. time. Yeah, exactly. Like, Fallout. Like, they're doing the fucking Fallout TV series where you'll... I don't know. You'll have to fucking go to a bridge troll and answer its riddles free in order to watch it. Andrew Jones says Street Fighter the movie the game <laughs> which it's fuck's sake yeah yeah, yeah fair yeah. enough actually on that anything that come to your mind Bex would it be too snippy to say The Fucking Last of Us well, that's well, it's, the, TV, you, uh, the TV series is coming isn't it yeah. Yeah, but it should have been a movie actually no it'll work as a TV series um, it, it will work as a TV series yeah. Bioshock I'd like to see them do something with Bioshock but I don't know whether there's a lot them. in there yeah Netflix are what are they doing are they, are they? We, we, we had a conversation about it did we on Bastards like a few back about a month ago did we oh, yeah. Yeah, we did. yeah a couple months back yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I think Streets of Rage that would be good like a fucking... I've got one go on Actually, I've got two. Go on. I want Mario Kart because I want John Bernthal as his character in King Richard as Luigi. <laughs> if you haven't seen King Richard, just Google John Bernthal King Richard and tell me that he couldn't be Luigi. Um, yeah, he could. But Super Bomberman. Ooh, that's a good one. Now, basically, people forced into arenas where they have to blow other people up in order to survive. Can I, can I also add speedball, but I want it to be the cast of Rollerball, not Hell the James yeah. Caan one. I want Chris Klein in speedball. <laughs> was it Chris Klein, Rebecca Romaine and LL Cool J? It was. It was Chris Klein, Rebecca Romaine and Ladies Love Cool James. Hell yeah. Um, right. Questions that we've had asked. Ricky, I watched Boiling Point on Netflix last week, which was a good but anxiety-inducing 90 minutes. What are the best films which you endure rather than enjoy? Um, Thomas Vinterberg's The Hunt. Yeah, I had a feeling you were going to say that one. For a that's just my all-timer yeah all-timer for I, I yeah. still I, I want to watch that I still haven't watched it because of how like, un, like just uncomfortable you say it is and I'm very much like I don't know that I, can, I, I, I don't know why I would sit myself down into that <laughs> into that you'll be fine with it because the weirdest fucking shit is like water off a duck's back to you <laughs> maybe, I'll, maybe I'll give it a go this week we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> see what's yours but yours Requiem for a Dream's up there obviously Um but the French movie then is one for me. Oh as yeah, well. you have a thing about home invasion. Oh fuck! Really fucks me up that. Um, yeah. What mind Bex? I don't know. You don't. You don't really get bothered by them, do you? No. And that's not like a machismo thing or anything like that. It's not a thing like that. It's just they don't tend to. 
Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know on that. No, I don't know on that. <laughs> I usually enjoy most things. <laughs> most fucked up shit. Um, and then rewatch it. Then rewatch it. Even if I think it's shit. <laughs> Andrew Jones. Um, with Nancy Myers getting a big Netflix um, grant to build a new kitchen and a movie around it, what mid-budget writer-director or just director or writer separately would you want to see get the comfort of streaming to make naughty cinema again? I don't know because Nancy Myers is such a specific one for this. Because mm. it's like I'd I'd be I would be tempted to say Michael Mann because you know like Tokyo Vice is coming out, but he only directed the first episode, so it almost feels like he's almost like a bit of a jobber. Whereas I'd like Netflix to go is hundred million dollars go nuts. And he can make another film about how soy futures affect the world markets. Can, can, can I be incredibly specific? Yeah, please. Right. I just, I just want somebody at Netflix who gets to make these crazy decisions, right, to go. You know, we had a hundred and fifty million dollars sat in our pockets waiting to make Bright Two, and we go, yeah, and go. Well, you know, we're not making it anymore. Yeah. Can we just give Joe Carnahan $150 million to make the sequel of the A-Team? Everyone at Netflix is just go, why the fuck not? We'll do that elsewhere, are we? Okay, no, yeah, I mean, I'm absolutely up for that. But also, get Neville Dean Taylor back together. Let's have a crank free. Yeah, that's a solid one, yeah. Or, or, Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. Each give yeah, them a shitload yeah. of money and get them to just do fucking Step Brothers 2. <laughs> oh, and Craig Dawson says, <laughs> question, when will Becky be at the same volume as Ian Park in the mix? Oh, we're doing that, are we? Okay. And Mark doesn't angle the coffee table towards himself so that it's too far away from me if I sit back. It's fucking- Lies. Punch forward. I, I will say as well. I know there's a couple of people out there who will probably be very glad that we haven't heard the cat tonight. <laughs> Why did it get? Did it get mentioned? Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the cat has been quiet tonight. He's a sleepy bear. He's a sleepy bear. He's just asleep right now. Yeah, I wasn't aware it was an issue. I'll, I'll hunch in future. <laughs> <laughs> going to affect your posture for the podcast that's what I like to hear yeah, yeah I'll prop loads of cushions suffer for your art yeah Mark will yeah. still be comfortable because he angles everything towards himself that's bullshit <laughs> um, what are you covering next week Ian? Uh, so we're going to be doing uh, Sonic 2 we'll have a catch up review of Sonic 2 um, I don't know if there's anything coming out on streaming this weekend that we can uh, we can talk about but like I say I'll be in Spain uh, th- th- um, there's that Richard Linklater movie that actually came out last week. Oh, shit, Apollo 10 and a half. Yeah. I've got that downloaded on my iPad. Yeah, 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 I'll watch that. Yeah, I think we should watch that. Looks fun. Sweet. There we go. Right. And uh, for patrons, we'll be talking about Total Recall. Nice. 
Right. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Thank you very much for joining Rebecca. Thank you very much, Matt. And thank you very much, Ian. Oh, you're very welcome. And we shall speak to you all next week. Goodbye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.